0: Love Talk Radio. Hey, good morning folks. It is the day before Valentine's. I tell you, actually, I've had a blast this weekend because I've been sitting around doing taxes, and taxes suck, but I was doing them while I was watching the Hallmark Channel. And yes, since I'm a stockholder in that, I decided it would be advantageous to watch it, and there was some really fun, and just just family-type movies on, all with a romantic flair, all with a valentine flair and you know it's just every now and then it's good to relax and to watch that I also watched a couple of good old John Wayne movies so I got a little bit of that manliness back in me, but today we are starting a book that's close to my heart it's called The Little Red Book of Wisdom by Mark DeMoss Mark's dad was a man named Art DeMoss and founded a company that without that company, there would probably be no Primerica today. It was called the National Liberty Corporation. Uh, Art DeMoss was a man that loved the Lord and said, I can help Art Williams underwrite his life insurance. And they went on and did remarkable things in life. Mark, in 1991, launched the number one public relations firm for the faith-based community has helped over 150 nonprofit and organizations and corporations. Uh, married Art and Angela's daughter, April, and I've, so I've grown up watching Mark's success. When he brought this book out, uh, I, I was blown away. I, I wrote to his assistant that I would love to do this book on wisdom on my radio show and she said we would love for you to do that that would be awesome sent me a copy and i was reading the 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 uh, preface preface however you say that in here and I, i found it interesting because mark says the hebrew word for wisdom means skill in living which suggests that time and years is required to achieve it now mark's just a about my age, he's 48, I believe, now. He wrote this in, well, I guess he's a little older than I am because he wrote this in 2007, 8, 9, 10. So he's in his 50s now. And what makes that unique is he lost his dad when his dad was in his 50s. We're going to share that in just a second, but it was interesting because Mark didn't write this book to say I am the greatest or anything like that. He wrote it because he was getting so close to that time when his dad passed away that he wanted to leave something for his children and since he also works with Thomas Nelson and and does some stuff with them, when they saw this book, they said, we would love to write, we would love to publish that. We believe that's something that's good. And he wrote about his kids in here as the reason that he was leaving this book or writing this book for them. And I thought that was cool. But in this very first part, wisdom for your professional life, that was what he named it, he used Proverbs 4-7. Now, if you're... If you're listening and you're new for the first time or anything, I want you to know I walk my faith daily. I'm not perfect; I screw it all up. You can ask any of my family. Uh, but this one here, we're going to be using some verses in because it, it really is focused in on what Mark's saying. And Proverbs four seven says, "Wisdom is the principal thing; therefore, get wisdom." And I believe at this at the at the beginning and the end of the day, if you have not grown in wisdom. Then you you failed, and and let me explain something because a lot of times people have a tendency of going with this old myth that knowledge is power, and and that is not inaccurate. I, I I mean I am I'm like Mark. I'm just in my I'm in my forties. I don't have it all, but I found out one thing that knowledge isn't power. It's the wisdom that comes from the knowledge. That starts to give you power because the wisdom is what kicks you in the butt and, and makes you get into action. There's a lot of smart derelicts around doing nothing. I, I got that from 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 oren Woodward, and and he's right. They're just a boatload of derelicts that, that are they know a, a bunch about everything and they don't ever get off their bo- butt to fulfill their mission. But Mark starts this off a matter of death and life. Life is belief. He says, during the summer before my senior year in high school, I spent only a few days at home because my my father had encouraged me to take a job with the Southwestern Company, selling books door-to-door. Now, Southwestern Companies is one of the oldest direct selling companies out there. Um, It's wonderful because they take college kids, teach them how to do sales, teach them about rejection by knocking on people's doors to sell books. And they build great community for people that last forever, and I love it. But Mark goes on. He says, my dad was my hero, and I agreed to work, unaware that it would mean 13-hour days for 10 straight weeks and no break to see my family. Now, I tell you what, right, right there, next to boot camp, that probably would do it. Mark said, I hate being away from home. I especially hated At the time, I especially hated it that at the time, Southwestern didn't allow me to join my parents and six brothers and sisters for a week-long Caribbean vacation. That would suck, especially if you're just getting ready to go to college. said, my father and I spoke each weekend by phone. He took great interest in my progress, but there's no substitutes for being with him. I was back home that Friday in late August, just before classes started my senior year. When he and I met for lunch at the headquarters of National Liberty, the life insurance company he had founded and led to considerable success, I was always so proud to be his son. When I'd walk by his side through the beautiful home office, it was was just one of those things. That day we talked about my plans for college and possibly for business later on. The next day, Saturday, September 1st, 1979, an ambulance sped to our house, where my father had been playing tennis with three other men, one of whom had rushed to the house to make an emergency call. I didn't think to worry too much. Lots of men fall out of breath during exercise. Dad was 53 and in the prime of his life. I was sure he'd be back home in a few hours with a heart prescription and doctor's orders to take it easy. Instead, my mother and brothers and sisters and I gathered in the emergency room at the hospital and listened as the doctor softly said, "I'm sorry. We did all we could." Mark said my father was dead, my hero was gone. At the age of 40, my mom was a widow with seven children between ages of 8 and 21. Certainly, I would known people who had died during my still young life, but death was supposed to happen to older people in other families. Shortly after we returned home from the hospital, my mom found a piece of paper on my dad's nightstand. He was a prof- prolific note-taker, never without a pad and pencil, and in my mind, I can still see his handwritings, and here were the words from the ninth ninth psalm. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. That's twice we've heard a scripture on wisdom. Arthur S. DeMoss was the wisest man I knew. Now he was in heaven. Probably less surprised at his departure than I was. But it doesn't stop there. Now this is the interesting part. Seven years after my dad's death in the spring of 86, I was working for Reverend Jerry Faldwell, attending a conference at the Opera Land Hotel in Nashville. We had just settled into our rooms when a call came from home telling me my 22-year-old brother David had been in a car wreck. He was in serious condition. Jerry and I checked out, flew to Philadelphia, drove straight to the University of Pennsylvania Hospital. My kid brothery, a wiry go-getter with a remarkable knack for making friends, just home for the summer before his final year at Liberty University, lay comatose next to a row of blinking and beeping machines. His doctor talked to us and our friend Jerry Faldwell prayed for us, eventually walked out of the hospital and across the street to a hotel where we stayed for several days. And on June 6, 1986, David Arthur DeMoss joined my dad in heaven. Now listen to this. This is We're going to get to some, some stuff here in a second. Listen to this. After my father died, I somehow believed that early death would pass the rest of my family. Why? I don't know. Actuary tables, common odds maybe, but certainly not the Bible because if anything, it underscores life. I said that wrong. As I write this, I'm a few years from my father's age of death and more than twice my brother's age when he died. The math in my head is unavoidable. I have a wife and children. I had the thrill and challenges of building a career. I had adult years all come with new eras in life. These were things David had never lived or experienced. I remember the apostle James wrote, Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. See, the Creator guarantees not another breath. You know, as I was reading through this, I thought over my own life, something my dad had said many, many years ago. And and at the time, I didn't even get it. But see, we all have flashpoints in our life. Life is brief, without a doubt. Just a flicker. We're here and we're gone. Sometimes it may it may seem longer to some of us. Depends on the marriage I guess you're in. But here's what I know. Life is also a belief. See, the Creator guarantees not another breath. What are you doing? To make sure that this one day, this very moment that you're guaranteed because you're still breathing, what are you doing to make a difference? What are you doing either to gain or give wisdom? My dad had said one time to me, he said, You know, everybody I've ever loved, everybody I ever told I loved, has died. I don't even remember the conversation we were having, but he would throw these nuggets. Actually, they were gigantic boulders I was supposed to catch and understand. I just didn't realize he wasn't expecting me to understand them right that moment. But everybody that he'd ever told he loved had passed away. I remember when my Uncle Mel, when we got the news of his passing, my dad couldn't believe it. I remember when his dad and his mom passed away. Think about this. How many people have we in our lives had passed away and yet we still don't change our ways, our beliefs. We still just keep living like there's no tomorrow. Job said this in the Old Testament. A man's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set a limit he cannot exceed, Job 14.5. Now, see, I don't I don't really give a rip whether somebody wants to debate me on the Bible when it comes to spiritual issues. I just tell people, just read the Bible for the wisdom that's in it. This is some pretty profound stuff. See, at the end of the day, there's only really two things that are important in life. I don't care what the media might tell you, I don't care what you read at school. I don't even care what your mentor might tell you. I'm going to tell you this right now. People are important. Actually there's three things. People are important. God is important. And time is important. Not necessarily in those three those three in, in, in that order. But God, people, and time. See, time is the asset that you have that you cannot make up. You either squander it and waste it, or you make sure that you're investing it wisely and passing on a legacy to other people. See, without a doubt, Mark DeMoss has been passing on a legacy because of what he's learned. Winston Churchill was somebody else that lost his dad at an early age. His dad had died at 39. So he grew up, Winston Churchill, thinking he was going to die young. Remember that song, Only the Good Die Young? Now, I have studied Winston Churchill because I just think he's a, just a, a man's man. Okay, But you know, when he was young, he did some incredible stupid stuff. Fighting the bad guys in World War One. he's like making heroic escapes out of India jumping from train car to train car you know that stuff you see the stuntmen do in the TV it wasn't until he got wiser that he realized that it, how stupid that he had been see Mark he looks at the fact that age 53 is a time in his life that he may or may not make it through. I remember my dad telling me once about the age when his dad died. He was That was a rough year for him because he was remembering this was the age my dad died. My dad has gone on. I mean, he's he's listening to the radio show now. Truly, life has changed. I, I, I can think back, and, and I'm going to use my pappy here for a second, because I, I look at every stage in my life, and I can see the different stages of my dad's own life. And I think back now after starting into the Little Red Book of Wisdom, how much have I written down the nuggets of wisdom that my dad has given me? My dad made a lot of notes growing up. He wrote a lot of stuff. I don't have all that. Mama does. It'd probably go to my little brother because he's the preacher. But the stuff my dad told me, that's the remarkable stuff. And here's the even cooler part about this. Okay, and I'm going to share a little bit about my personal life. I don't do this all the time. I mean, I do, I guess, but this is about, this is real old stuff. Because, see, when when my dad came into my life, it wasn't at a hospital room. That's him and my mom welcomed me into the world. He married my mom and I. I was about two years old. See, he didn't didn't have to be my daddy like Art was Mark's dad. And yet he made a conscious choice to invest in me, add wisdom to my life. Now, trust me, there's a lot of things he did that I just don't do because I thought it was the most unresourceful stuff in the world. But one thing that he taught me is how to love unconditionally. And I bring this up, segueing a little bit out of the book just because tomorrow's Valentine's Day. And see, I'm I'm I learned that you don't have to be the perfect dad or the perfect husband. But I learned that loving unconditionally is a covenant when you say, I do, you don't put a time limit on it. So as I as I was reading through this first chapter, I'm thinking of the covenants that are made. I, I remember Solomon asking God for wisdom to lead his people. He didn't ask him for money. I mean I see people all the time, oh Lord, please, please just give me some money, let me win the lottery. Solomon said wisdom. When I learn that verse, I start daily saying, Lord, I need a lot of wisdom. If if Solomon thought he needed wisdom, he didn't live in the twenty first century. I need a boatload of wisdom. Give me wisdom. Especially now that I've taken on some new clients. It's like, Lord, please give me the wisdom to say and do the right thing. See, I kind of followed in Mark's footsteps in public relations. I'm just in the direct selling industry. So I'm constantly now not just focused on my reputation or what I might do to screw that up or worrying about what I might say that would screw up Paige's career. I've got to look at everything that's said and done for my clients. Lord, give me wisdom To help my clients Lord as the father of two teenage daughters Please provide me wisdom Lord as the father of three adult sons Who are so unique And individual Please give me enough wisdom To know how to articulate The right words to each of them Lord as an influencer In several different fields Please give me the Words of wisdom. That's how I start my day. The question is, how are you starting your day? If you're leading yourself and you're out there in the marketplace, then you need to be saying, Give me wisdom. So that the people I touch or the people I listen to, that I'll have the right words to say. If you're leading an organization, Lord, give me the words of wisdom. Don't let my agenda, don't let my frustrations play into it. Mark wrote this. He said, my own dad's death at 53 circled that age in my mind. A red mark made darker and more certain by David's death only a few years later. He said, I'm never so lost in living that I don't hear the clock. Pick or have an eye on the calendar, not in a paranoid sense, but with a sense of purpose, as surely as my dad's life imprints on his son uh, as surely as a dad's life imprints on a son, a dad's early death frames how his son takes on the future, how he looks at the past, and why he might write a book on wisdom. See, that's pretty powerful, folks. When you just think about it, let's say that, that God didn't call you to lead a gigantic orga- organization. You're no, you're no Richard Brooke at 2110. You're no Orrin Woodward over at Team Life. You're no, you're no Rod Cook. None of these. You're no Donna Johnson or Donna Valdez or. Jackie, none of these. You're just a normal everyday housewife, or you're just a normal everyday trucker. Are you instilling those words of wisdom? Maybe you can't write, so are you putting it in a recorder somewhere? My dad, he he took pictures. There's many, many words of wisdom that are just seen in the pictures of an eagle flying or a. Fish, or an old barn in the middle of nowhere, I used to hate all those times. We get back from vacation, and it seemed like for the next forty hours we were looking through slides, click, 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 but yet, some of those are imprinted on my mind, and the wisdom that was taught. Mark wrote this. He said, We are all wise to invest life's most precious commodity for the greatest return. When I die, whenever that moment comes, I hope my passing will echo the psalmist saying, Teach me to number my days that I may present to you a heart of wisdom. Think about that. Teach me to number my days that I may present to you a heart of wisdom. See, at the end of the day, it's not about the money. It's not about the toys. It's not about your reputation. It, You know what? It isn't even about your character. Because if you're living to make your days the best that you can to, to fulfill your purpose, you want to know what will happen? Your character will shine through like a beacon coming off of a doggone lighthouse. No matter how dark and dreary all of it may seem, people will look to you and say, "There's always some encouragement." I had one of my clients the other day just write me a short email and said, "Troy, it's it, it, it's not so much the the action plan or the advice you give me, it's the encouragement when I'm I'm having a rough day." that means the most. See, that's that's wisdom. Most of my clients don't know when I'm going through a bad day. I have mentors. I have other people I call and say, "Man, put me in your prayers cuz today just sucked." I've been I've been privileged to understand that if I just dig deeper into my my word, the Bible, if I just dig deeper through Little Red Book of Wisdom or any other book that my mind will stay focused that I'll be after that purpose now doing the the Little Red Book of Wisdom sometimes we, we try to look and see is there anything else that we can provide something that will help you grow help you move it to the next level and something that I want to recommend that I think is right along this line if you're saying Troy I do want to uh, I do wanna change. I do wanna I do wanna find wisdom. I, I wanna go for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you and I've given this resource before, but it's called Kazone dot com. And that's C H A Z O W N as in Nancy dot com. C H A Z O W N dot com. Kazone is Hebrew for the meaning of dream or revelation or, or vision. Because I believe that if you if you go through and it's free this is a this is for you Craig Shell the founding pastor of Life Church created this I've read the book twice we've done the book on the show. this will help you develop I think start looking at your purpose so that you can start passing wisdom now understand this isn't going to happen overnight you're not all going to change overnight but if you focus on saying dear God give me wisdom, you'll find that everything else will start to fall into place. Tomorrow, Chapter 2, Stay Under the Umbrella, Finding and Keeping Your Focus in Life. I love this book. This this is one, and I'm I, you know what? It goes with me wherever I go just because I can always pull something from it that I need. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. And don't forget... You can now hear our new show Beachside CEO over at the Home Business Radio Network. That's the uh, Home Business No, no wait a minute, Home Yeah, Home business radio That I had to think of what it was again. That long word. But HomeBusinessRadioNetwork.com, you can go over there, click it, it'll play the music. I mean, we got a lot of, of uh, just great music playing along with the shows from 40 different people with our new show that launched this week, the Beachside CEO. We will see you tomorrow right here on realmentorsradio.com.